Good morning. How are you guys? Good? Yeah. How was Christmas? Hopefully it was good. Uh, Sarah and I had a great time um, just enjoying this last week where we did literally nothing. We got really good at doing nothing. Um, if I haven't met you, my name is Taylor. I'm the next-gen pastor here, and I can't wait to, to do a little bit of remembering with you guys today. So um, December, December, a good time to remember. These were words that I wrote on a picture frame for Sarah for her birthday um, a couple of years ago now. And the hope was that we would have this picture frame that we would circle back to in December when her birthday is. And we would remember. Um, We would look at the things that we did together as a couple in the past year. And we'd pick out the 12 best pictures because there was 12 slots for pictures in this picture frame. And and we would be like, okay, these are the 12 biggest things that happened this year. And then the following year in December, we would um, leave one of those pictures and that would be the year, that, that year's picture, and it would stay in there, and so then we'd have 11 more. So the idea was that it'd be good for, for 12 years, and that was going to be a rhythm that we were going to do. And um, we had Harvey last year, and last December, we, we didn't do the pictures. So it lasted three years. We did it for three years. Three strong years, we made it. And last year, we got busy. We were busy being parents for the first time, and full-time workers, and we just forgot. We forgot to, to look back and remember the year that we had in this. And then this December, we threw the picture frame away. So, so we're, we're starting from scratch on the whole remembering thing. And, and it's really, I think it's, it's really cool because I actually, when I wrote this sermon, Sarah and I hadn't come up with a new rhythm of remembrance. And Thankfully, yesterday, the Lord provided an an awesome idea for us to do. And so yesterday, we actually, um, we sat down, and Sarah takes a journal. Every single day of the year, she takes a journal. She wakes up in the morning, and she documents what happened the day before. And it's what she does in the morning. She documents what we did. She has her quiet time with the Lord. And I'm so thankful for that, because what we did yesterday for about two and a half hours was she read her journal, and we went through the whole year, and... She just picked out the highlights, and I just sat there and listened to the things that we did last year and some of the really hard things that we went through together last year, the incredible things that we went through last year, the really fun things, the awesome things. And having a healthy rhythm of remembrance is essential to our Christian faith. It's why we regularly take communion Um, It's why God commanded Israel in the Old Testament to have meals, to have festivals, to have entire years in the calendar around remembering him and his goodness. We need to be constantly reminded of what God is doing in our lives. Because as our great philosopher Ferris Bueller once said, (laughs) life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. And so we're going to open up our Bibles to Joshua chapter 4, if you would. It'll be on the screen if you don't have your Bible. Um, And we're going to use Joshua chapter 4 to kind of give us a roadmap for our time in communion today. Because we're going to take an extra long um, communion time today. Austin mentioned this is going to be a shorter service, um, shorter sermon for sure with all the littles in the room. But we want to use Scripture to hopefully guide that communion time to give us some things to actually remember and look at. We want, to be use- we want this time to be useful for us. And so, starting in verse 1 of chapter 4, here we go. 
When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do those stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. And the people of Israel did just as Joshua commanded and took up 12 stones out of the midst of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, just as the Lord told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there. And Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there to this day. When Sarah and I were sitting down and looking at our year and, and listening and um, going over the journal, we also did a fun thing where we looked through pictures. And we invited Harvey to be part of that time because it was after his nap time. And he loved it because he was the star of the show. When we looked at all the pictures from the last year, I bet 90% of them were him um, watching videos. But it was so, it was so fun. But also, I was, in, I was just in awe again of how much can happen in a calendar year. A lot happened. And if we don't set aside time to reflect on where we've been in the last year, then I think we can miss some of the clues on where God might be calling us to in this next year. And we see in this passage that Joshua and the people of God take intentional time to remember where they have been. And so it's the first thing I want us to look at is I want us to be reminded of where you've been. Where have you been? Remember where you've been. So where have you been this year? Maybe it's locationally, you went a lot of places, or metaphorically, God has brought you through in two different spaces and places in your life. What do the roses smell like if you were to stop and take a minute and smell the roses? It's okay if they stink. Some of us had a bad year. But I want us to be intentional about taking time today to not bring that stench into 2024 as best as we can. And maybe you had a great year. Okay, well, let's look back at that great year. Let's point out some of the things that were great and do them again. Let's be intentional. And let's not get lazy. Let's not be complacent. Let's look for spaces and places that we can grow. In the story, there's an emphasis on a physical marker. It's a cairn. They create a cairn. So if you don't know what a cairn is, I actually have a picture for you. This is a cairn. Okay, it's this little pile of rocks um, that people put on hiking trails for, I don't know why. I don't even know, I, I don't like hiking. I hate it. I don't understand people who do it for fun. It's just a mystery to me that you would go out and you would walk around aimlessly or on a trail, whatever, and call that fun. I don't know. <laughs> but they put these all over the place on trails, or so I've been told, to tell you that, hey, you're not alone. You're on the right track. There are other people here with you. And God uses cairns all the time in the Old Testament to say, this is a marker of something that I did. 
remember. Look and remember. I think of Mufasa, right? Simba, remember who you are, right? That's what these cairns are, remembering who God is and what he did. And I think this physical aspect, this physical aspect of this story is really important to take notice of in the day and age that we're in. We live in an ever-growing digital age, right? With digital photo albums, right? With frames that we can send pictures across the country to, with cloud storage. And I think that stuff is all really good, and it's really cool. But there's something special about a physical reminder. The way that a physical photo or a physical picture frame or a physical photo album makes you interact with the memories that are in there, whether it be just to flip to the next page to see what the next page holds. I think there's something incredibly powerful about having a physical reminder that you can go to the bookshelf and grab and say, look, this is where God took us from. This is where he's brought us from. So that's the first one. And once you've remembered where you've been in this past year, I think it's time to recall where God has showed up. And we're going to look at Joshua chapter 4, verse 21 through 24 for this part. So if you'll follow along. And he said to the people of Israel, when your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stories mean? Then you shall let your children know. Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. In Joshua's retelling of the meaning of the Karens, he goes out of his way to emphasize the work that God did in those stories to make sure that God got the glory due his name. And we have to be intentional about looking for and leaving in the God parts of our stories. And it actually, it reminded me of this song called Need to Know by Macklemore and Chance the Rapper. And Chance the Rapper was a newly converted Christian at the time of the song that uh, came out. And he had a verse in that song that's really stuck with me. There's a line. He was conflicted with sharing what God has done in his life because it, it's not who he was. It's not the music he released previously. And he has this line where he's kind of giving credence to the pressures that he's feeling from the world where he says, take out the God references and just leave the cool parts. And I think when we look back and remember the year we had, when we remember the things that we did, it's incredibly easy to give ourselves all the credit. To pretend like God didn't do anything. He didn't have anything to do with it. I think it takes discipline and I think it takes practice to look and see where God moved in your life and then to praise him for it, to give him praise due his name. And some of us, some of us in here, we've been doing this for a long time. You've gotten really good. You automatically just give God credit when something good happens in your life. You're like, yes and amen. Thank you, Lord. You do a great job at it. And it's easy for you to discern where God is moving in your life. And today I want you to take extra time, not just to give God credit for what he's done in your life, but to share with somebody in your life what he's done. To testify to his goodness 
of what he did in the last year of your life, to share a story of something that God did in your life. And then some of us need practice in seeing where God showed up in our life. Some of us are not very good at it, especially if our year was difficult. Because it becomes really easy to blame God for his absence in this last year. But if that were true, if he really wasn't present, then he is not God. Because God is omnipresent. He is always with us. And I think the enemy, the enemy wants to keep you from looking back on painful memories. Because you've convinced yourself, or the enemy has convinced you, that God was not there in those moments. But today I want you to take time to look at those painful things, those hard things, and ask yourself, was he really not there? Have you taken the time to try and see that God maybe didn't show up in the way that you wanted to, but he was there? It reminds me of Katie's sermon earlier this year in Summer in the Psalms. She talked about Psalm 56, verse 8, and it says, You have kept count of my tossings or my trials. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? God shows up in the painful things. He shows up in the weeping He is catching our tears in a bottle. He is always there with us, and we need those reminders. We have to be good at looking for him. We have to have rhythms to remember what he's done. And so with that, we're going to take time now to step into a very long-held tradition in the church of taking communion. We've been doing this for thousands of years, and we do it to remember what Jesus did on the cross. And there's this verse that we always put up here when we take communion together. And I I felt appropriate, I felt it was appropriate to read it today because we're remembering. And so 1 Corinthians 11, 24 through 26 says, and when he had given thanks, Jesus, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And anyone, anyone here is welcome to take communion. We have open communion here at Good Shepherd as long as you have a relationship with the Lord. And this is an extended communion time. I want you to take it at your own pace. But we are, after you finish communion, there are going to be some questions up on on the screen. And I said bored last time because I'm a teacher and it just kind of comes out, you know? We want you to, after you've taken communion, I want you to write these questions down. You're not going to have time to be able to answer all of these. Like I said, it took Sarah and I about four hours to actually go through and reflect on the year fully for us. But hopefully this is the start of a rhythm for you guys. Asking the question, where have you been in this last year? And then asking, what has he done? What has he done through you? What has he done in your life? And then finally, consider where is he taking you in 2024? In about five or so minutes, five or six minutes, I'll be back up here to close us and get us ready for our final song. Um, Next week, Austin is kicking off a new series called Unhindered which I'm sure you can tell by the series name, is about trying to live and look at a life with Christ that is unhindered. And which is with that idea in mind, I 
was praying and I really felt like the Lord said um, to us that he's going to ask us to do some hard things this next year for him. To draw some hard lines. To stick to what we know his word says, not because we like it, not because it's beneficial to us, but because or it makes us feel good, but because he promises to go with us. Because he is worthy of it all. And he asks everything of us. But life and life abundant comes with it if we will just trust him with everything. And we're also starting the fast, the 21-day fast next week. Come on. It's going to be awesome. My man, Lee is ready to rock next week. I'm right there with you. And we don't tell you what, what kind of fast to try. But I do, I do have one requirement that I would ask of you guys when it comes to the fast. Make it hard. Make it hard. Make it so you have to rely on the Lord on the 21-day fast. Because the point of the fast is to starve your body of something that it thinks it needs so that you can be filled with what you truly need, which is Him. That is our goal. And so pray. Pray this week. Ask the Lord, what kind of fast are you calling me into? What are you, what are you calling our family into with this fast? And then plan. Yes, you actually have to plan to have a successful fast. If you decide next Sunday that you're going to do a Daniel fast, it's too late. It's too late. I'm sorry to tell you, it is too late because that really affects your grocery shopping if you know anything about a Daniel fast, okay? So please plan. You don't have to make the seeds grow in a field, but we are asked to prepare our fields. Amen? And then finally, what's the purpose of your fast? Why are you fasting? Why is the Lord calling us into a 21-day fast? Is it because you want to try and break a long, lingering sin in your life? Do you want to create a new habit that you've been saying, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to set aside time for this. Well, do it in the fast. The time is now. Is it because you want to see a healing in yourself or a healing in another person? Do you want to see XYZ person come to know the Lord fast for them. What is the purpose of your fast? Spend time in prayer this week, planning and purposing towards the fast for next week. So we're going to end our communion service with, with one last song. It's a long tradition here and a good shepherd of singing this song. And I'm excited for it. And what I would love to do is actually read is read this poem that I've been reading for the last couple of weeks over you guys. So will you stand? And this poem's, this poem's awesome because it encourages those of us who want to see God do more in our life. And I think, I think we're all in that category, right? You want to see God do more in your life this next year? So here's the poem. It says, Disturb us, O Lord, when we are too pleased with ourselves, when our dreams have come true because we dreamed too little. When we arrive safely, because we sailed too close to the shore, disturb us, O Lord. When with the abundance of things we possess, we have lost our thirst for the waters of life, having fallen in love with life. We have ceased to dream of eternity, and in our efforts to build a new earth, we have allowed our vision of the new heaven to dim. Disturb us, O Lord, to dare more boldly, to venture on wilder seas, where storms will show your mastery. We're losing sight of land. We shall find the stars.
Church, let's usher in the new year right by, by proclaiming and singing all glory be to Christ together.